Praise God. Folks, we can have great confidence knowing that God is on the throne and if God be for us, who can be against us? There is no greater thing we can do than to surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Take what time we got remaining. Say, Lord, here I am. Yours to command. Whatever you need me to do, I'm glad to do it in the service of the Lord and occupy till Jesus takes us home or he returns at the last trump. There's a lot of evil in the world right now and a lot of evil, wicked people that have their own plans and agenda. But God, God has the final say. And we know things are going to get worse before they get better. War of the Saints is coming. Again, if God be for us, who can be against us? If It says, if we fear the Lord, even the angel of the Lord would camp about us to deliver us. We're going to be reading tonight here on Speak My Word about just such an account. For this man, Joseph, he was facing some dark days, just been betrayed by his brothers, dropped in a hole. They hated him. They were jealous of him. He had a gifting of dreams and had a divine calling on his life, which is going to play itself out. But at the moment, Joseph was in a dark place, sitting in a hole, sold off to some traders who then carry him into Egypt, far from his home, and sell him to Potiphar, who works for Pharaoh. That's where we're going to pick up today on Omega Man Radio. Here we go. Welcome to the broadcast. Speak my word. It's about to begin. Your host is Shannon Davis. And we are living in the time of the end. King Minus. We have ignition. We will be reading tonight from the King James Edition. Jesus told us to preach the gospel, cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. Alright, welcome aboard everybody. We're going to pick up where we left off last time. Over in uh, Genesis 38 is where we're going to start today. Let's pray. Father, Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. We thank you that we have your word in the English language, King James Bible. Try as they might to pervert it, and they may come out with another hundred new translations. I thank you, God, that we don't have to be deceived. We have your word. No one has went in there and fiddled with it. Over 400 years, God, we've had it. The question is, will we read it and obey it? I accept no other substitute. Thank you, Father God, for the word we're going to read tonight out of Genesis. Blessed to hear. We invite the Holy Spirit to come. We bind every demonic force coming against any of us tonight, our families, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name, that at that name, the demons will have to flee. 
the most hated name on the planet go figure because it's power it is the name that is above every name the son of God Jesus Christ of Nazareth thank you Lord Jesus we invite the Holy Spirit to come Holy Spirit of God the comforter we ask that you would illuminate your scriptures for us give us wisdom knowledge understanding guide and direct our paths in these crazy times God you know where all the landmines are buried that the enemy has laid, hoping we will step on them and be destroyed. God, you can lead us through the valley of the shadow of death, and we don't have to fear an evil. For thou art with us. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort us. Thou preparest a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We do not have to fear except to fear you. Thank you, Father God. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Bless us tonight as we delve into your word. In Jesus Christ, mighty name. And uh, I've got one song I want to play especially for the devil tonight, and then we'll get into the word. I think the devil's got the message tonight to hell with the devil and his mRNA vax from hell and anything else he's got planned. We will not be bound our knee, the Omega Man family, to the devil. We bow to only one, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Do I hear an amen out there? Well, welcome aboard. We have to remind the devil every once in a while where he's headed, because he is headed there. No reprieve for the devil, no reprieve for the demon. There is no redemption plan for evil spirits. Praise God that you and I, human beings, and call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Do it tonight if you have not done it. Well, Speak My Word is going live now. Join me and invite others to join us on these episodes where we get into Bible reading and exposition from the King James Bible. God's Word in English. I accept no substitute myself. Okay, here we go. We're going to go into Genesis 38 in Jesus' name. And it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adullamite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. And he took her and went in unto her. They had relations. And she conceived and bare a son, and he called his name Ur. And she conceived again, and bare a son, and she called his name Onan. And she yet again conceived and bare a son, and called his name Shelah. And he was at Chizib when she bare him. And Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn whose name was Tamar. And Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of Yahovah. And Yahovah slew him. And Judah said unto Onan, Go in unto thy brother's wife, and marry her, and raise up seed to thy brother. And Onan knew that the seed should not be his. And it came to pass, 
when he went in unto his brother's wife that he spilled it on the ground meaning his sperm lest that he should give seed to his brother and the thing which he did displeased Yehovah wherefore he slew him also then said Judah to Tamar his daughter-in-law remain a widow at thy father's house till Shelah my son be grown for he said unless peradventure he die also as his brother did and Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house and in the process of time the daughter of Shua Judah's wife died and Judah was comforted and went up unto his sheep shearers to Timnath he and his friend Hira the Adullamite and it was told Tamar saying behold thy father-in-law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep and she put her widow's garments off from her and covered herself with a veil and wrapped herself and sat in an open place which is by the way to Timnath for she saw that Shelah was grown and she was not given unto him to wive when Judah saw her he thought her to be a harlot because she had covered her face thank you mom and he turned unto her by the way and said go to I pray thee let me come in unto thee for he knew not that she was his daughter-in-law and she said what wilt thou give me that thou mayest come in unto me to have relations and he said I will send thee a kid from the flock um, a kid would be like a goat right or is it a goat or a sheep somebody into husbandry out there and let me know Mega Man was not raised to raise cattle uh, although I think it would have been cool had I I'm only three generations removed from the farm my great grandfather my mom's side was a farmer he had acreage he was also a school teacher and the principal of a, uh, of a school back in the day so unfortunately I don't have a green thumb either but anyway it says I will send thee a kid from the flock she said wilt thou give me a pledge till thou send it like a deposit something to hang on to so you keep your word and he said what pledge shall I give thee and she said thy signet that's his ring uh, typically could be like a block but it would have a seal that you make and you do the indention with wax typically right uh, one time I went on a quest and I uh, actually had a signet ring designed I wanted to come up with a family crest for my family and uh, I found a company that would do them and you could actually have a gold ring um, with your signet engraved and I almost did it I told my dad about it and then he actually had one made and had a couple of these rings made um, nothing as uh, cool as my design but um, I just thought that would be kind of cool I remember Ben-Hur played by Charlton Heston one of my favorite movies and, and actors of all time actually and uh, in that movie Ben-Hur if you've seen it and I've seen it many times he has a signet ring that he's given and he wore it on his uh, 
this pointer finger. And you would use that to do transactions, you know, that or purchases you would take and put that seal down in that hot red wax, right? And uh, so uh, people of stature or people of they had resources and wealth. Wealth is really the word I'm looking for. Great families, they would have these signet rings. I thought it would be kind of cool. Anyway, she said, uh, Thy signet and thy bracelets and thy staff that is in thine hand. And he gave it to her and came in unto her. They knocked the boots and she conceived by him. And she arose and went away and laid by her veil from her and put on the garments of her widowhood. And Judah sent the kid by the hand of his friend the Adulamite to receive his pledge from the woman's hand. But he found her not. She's gone. Then he asked the men of the place, saying, Where is the harlot that was openly by the wayside? And they said, There was no harlot in this place. And he returned to Judah said, I cannot find her. And also the men of the place said that there was no harlot in this place. And Judah said, Let her take it to her, lest we be shamed. Behold, I sent this kid, and thou hast not found her. came to pass after three months after that was told Judah, saying, Tamar, thy daughter-in-law, hath played the harlot. And also Behold, she's with child by whoredom. Judah said, Bring her forth. Let her be burnt. She was going to be sentenced to death, in other words. When she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man whose these are, am I with child? And she said, Discern, I pray thee, whose are these? The signet and bracelets and staff. And Judah acknowledged them and said, she hath been more righteous than I, because I, that I gave her not to Shelah, my son. And he knew her again, no more. Meaning he had no more relations with her after that. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that, behold, twins were in her womb. And it came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This came out first. It came to pass, as he drew back his hand, that, behold, his brother came out. And she said, How hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee. Therefore his name was called Perez. And afterward came out his brother, that had the scarlet thread upon his hand. And his name was called Zerah. All right, we're reading from Genesis. Let me take a sip of my coffee. What are you all drinking tonight? I've been vacillating between iced tea and coffee. Mama makes some great iced tea for Papa. And uh, also coffee. Sadly, though, I do not have my beloved half and half in this country. Half and half is really how you make good coffee. So we just do it with milk down here. I would settle for second best, which would be powdered uh, you know uh, powdered milk that you can put in the freezer and 
It's ice cold. You drop it in your cup. Makes a good cup of coffee, too. We had that. It was called Panitos in Costa Rica. Costa Rica, uh, that's what a lot of people did, you know. You could, of course, get condensed milk or regular milk. Uh, half and half was hard to find. There was one brand that was brought in from America, apparently, Carlson's or something. And it had some other ingredients in there, but it wasn't like some of the good half and half you can get back in America. Now, my mom turned me on to half and half. So if you want to make a Mega Man the perfect cup of coffee, it has to be peanut butter colored. I'm not into uh, black coffee or don't give me an extra shot. I'm not into um, espresso. What's the point? I've seen people just have an espresso. You're you're in there for the caffeine. That, I'm not going that route. I mean, you know, that's a side effect, but a drinking coffee, of course, give me a little bit of boost, but uh, I don't drink it for that. I drink it for the taste. Really? I like a cup of coffee. I just sip on it. It usually gets cold. But the way to make it is you take your coffee, preferably a Colombian blend. They've got the best coffee in the world, in my opinion. Jamaica Blue Mountain, they say that's good too, though. But Colombia, of course, over here, they've got good coffee too. Um, Sumatran coffee's up there in the world's list of top coffees. I've had some. It's pretty good. And actually, I drank that one without, I think, milk. They just, that's the way they served it, and I didn't want to. If anybody I drank, it was actually pretty good. I've also had in Cartagena, Colombia, Tinto. And that's a street vendor that comes down with these little plastic Dixie cups, like, you know, you had as a kid in your bathroom. Remember the Dixie cups? You used to rinse your mouth out. Little tiny plastic Dixie cup. And um, Colombian coffee. And that tastes pretty good. No sugar or cream. But I prefer coffee um, with half and half and if you've made it right, immediately it turns peanut butter colored. And then two raw sugars, you know, turbinado sugar in the raw. And I'm just saying that would be my perfect cup of coffee. I love that. I tried to find half and half over here in this country, and I found it at an organic farm. And uh, they make uh, certain percentage creams. And I got the highest creams. That would have been half and half. And I ordered one one time, and I said, wow, I found it. Next time I ordered it, I opened up the cap. And I, a Mega Man has a nose that, a, a, let's see, what do you call them? A, a bloodhound would be envious of. I have very extreme olfactory. And I can, uh, if, if I smell something, my, my nose does not lie. I can smell fires, electrical fires. I can smell all kinds of stuff. Rita says, I don't smell it. I said, I smell it. Go check. And I open up the cap on this uh, bottle from this Balinese farm of what was half and half, and it smelled like dookie. Thank God for my nose. Had I drank that, I would have probably gotten uh, gotten some, there's some disease that you can get from eating tainted milk with, with cock in there. And, uh, I contacted the farm here. I said, hey, what's up? And they tried to downplay it, and they wanted me to send it back and give me a refund. I said, I'm not interested in refund. I'm interested in knowing why, how did uh, bull caca, cow caca, get into my half and half? 
I was never able to give them another chance because I'm just not going to risk it. And there went my beloved half and half, so I have to do the best I can here. And they don't have any of that frozen powdered milk like they have in Costa Rica Penitos, which is your next best option. You could use condensed milk down here, I suppose. It's a little bit sweet, though, isn't it? Okay, I digress. We're just taking a coffee break here. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, by the way, in case you're curious, is my favorite coffee in the world. Back in the States, I used to uh, get up in the morning. I didn't have to do the show in the afternoon. And one of my daily rituals, I'd get in my truck, drive down the road there in Summerlin, right up the hill. You could see the uh, Las Vegas Strip below. Very beautiful place up there in Summerlin, a town created by Howard Hughes. And uh, make a turn and swing into the beloved Dunkin' Donuts. And I don't want a big Dunkin' Donuts. Give me those small paper cups. Just want the small one. Maybe two of those. And they would have these uh, breakfast egg and cheese tacos. <laughs> Do they still have them over there? You know what I'm talking about? I'd grab a couple of those, have my coffee, and I'm ready to go. Okay. And I'm ready to go now to chapter 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And Yehovah was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that Yehovah was with him, and that Yahovah made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass, from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that Yahovah blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of Yehovah was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said lie with me but Joseph refused and said unto his master's wife behold my master what if not what is with me in this house he has committed all that he hath to my hand I suppose that means that uh, Potiphar had such great wealth and uh, his house had expanded and been blessed under Joseph's hand that he wasn't even certain of all that he had. He had so much, I guess. And all this was committed into the hands of Joseph because he was a good steward. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? and sin against God. 
It came to pass. As she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. He knew it was dangerous hanging out with this lady. She wanted to jump his bones. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. She wouldn't let go, I suppose. She grabbed his uh, his tunic or whatever he was wearing. I assume it was a like a one-piece. And uh, she wouldn't let it go. He had to get away from her. He literally fled for his life. It came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand was fled forth that she called unto the men of her house spake unto them saying see he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us he came in unto me to lie with me and I cried with a loud voice and it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out and she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home and she spake unto him according to these words saying the Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me and it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and he fled out it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife which he spake unto him saying after this manner did thy servant to me that his wrath was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in the prison but Yahovah was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison That's an interesting verse there. Again, but Yahovah was with Joseph, showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You know, I remember um, hearing it was Wynne Worley or Dr. J.M. Haggard, his close friend, spoke many times at Hegwish, uh, sang on tape. I never got to meet either of them. That was before my time in deliverance. That you can loose the angels of God to create favor. You want to go into a job interview. Ask God in Jesus Christ and loose the angels to go in there and create favor. He was talking about loosing the angels of God. And, you know, I, I told that uh, to a minister one time and he said, no, that's witchcraft. You're manipulating people. Well, not so fast. Not manipulating people. 
I'm asking God to loose the angels to create favor. And I found now this is the second place uh, God will times uh, do exactly that. I don't see why we can't ask him to create favor. Give us favor. According to his will. That's what God did here for Joseph. He gave him favor. And that's not witchcraft. In the sight of the keeper of the prison. God can create favor for us. God can open doors. Yes, he can. We can ask God to create favor for us. On the job. In school. In business. Give us favor. With the government. I had a word given to me. Uh, last year, God was going to give me favor with immigration. And uh, it's either already come to pass or it's yet for an appointed time later down the road too. But I had favor here with immigration for all the um, errands we had to run to get everybody's paperwork in order recently. Get all the baby's passports updated, get Jemima's citizenship registered through me, her father, an American. They've got dual citizenship, by the way. All the kids are both Americans and Indonesians, and at 18, they have to choose. They can only be one at that time, but right now, they can have dual citizenship. Had to run all these hearings. God gave me favor, created favor. We had no problems whatsoever. And I don't know, maybe you'll have me come back to America one day, and uh, I'll need favor to get a visa for Narita, because we can't bring her back without that. So it may be yet... St- still part, partly to come to pass but certainly it has come to pass with all that we've had to do God gave us favor I don't, I, I'm just thinking aloud to myself now yeah I don't see any problem at all praying this way because you can pray God give me favor in Jesus name then he'll make that decision he's going to do it or not but God gave him favor he can give you and I favor also and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. He made him the boss. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because Yahovah was with Joseph. And that which he did, Yahovah made it to prosper. You know, God gives men the power to create wealth. That's a verse. I remember back, um, well, it's it's been uh, 90, when did I get involved? 96. Almost almost 27 years ago. I left the government as a uh, 26-year-old civil servant. Been with them six and a half years. Started with the government at 20. Great job. Worked for DOD, U.S. Army, PERSCOM headquarters. Great job and experience. But I yearn for something more. And uh, I've told this story before. I thought, you know, promotions over here are few and far between. So unless I want to be doing the same thing 40 years from now, uh, as I saw people doing, they'd been there, you know, decades practically you know 
then I need to get on with another agency or leave and go back into private sector. And so I did try one more job. I wanted to be like a 007. And uh, I knew a couple people in the agency. One retired CIA and the other one, well, they were they were connected. Let me say it that way. Another one, one was a retired CIA agent. He was a security guard where I worked part-time on the weekends. And then another guy, his name was Ron Hunter. He was a Mormon, and he went to a Mormon church where one of the uh, personnel directors with the CIA worked over in that department was a Mormon too. And I said, man, you know, I think I'd like to, I'd like to try. Maybe I can get on with the CIA. That'd be kind of cool. Of course, I didn't have the college degree, and they didn't recruit me in college as they usually do for those, like, you know, special field agent jobs. But uh, I did qualify very likely to become a special police officer. It was called a SPO. Those are the security guards of the CA. And I figured, hey, ground floor opportunity, let me get my foot in the door. Who knows what can happen after that? So working for the government and part-time in security, uh, Ron said, let me talk to my buddy over there because a lot of CIA agents are Mormons, by the way, because they, they can be trusted usually more than a non-Mormon. And uh, get back with you. Next week I saw him on the, the weekend job and Ron gave me this phone number. He said, Monday, call this number. They'll set you up with a job interview. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I went through the interview, passed it. It was very interesting had to do an essay on a, a video they made us watch on George Bush Sr. in the Thousand Points of Light speech. And I knew all about that. That was New World Order. So I wrote a pro-NWO. Figuring the CIA was NWO. That would get my foot in the door. And I didn't hear anything for a few weeks, and I got a letter in the mail that said, you have proceeded to the interview phase. You passed the test. And I went through a long, drawn-out process, and uh, in the end, I didn't get the job. If I did, I wouldn't be here tonight. I'd be working over there at the CIA. But uh, it was an interesting experience. And then when that fell through, one day I just said, I'm done. I'm bored. I'm working seven days a week, working full-time for the government and almost full-time in security because I'd work uh, weekend jobs, evening jobs. I'm ready to do something different. I quit, quit everything. I resigned and moved to Atlanta. And then I went into work with my brother Damon, uh, who had experience with my father who was in the religious broadcasting arena and trained me to be a media buyer. And I got into buying infomercial time for four years. It was a cool job and uh, learned a lot. And uh, how did I get over there? Okay, I'm going to bring it back here. I said, God gives men the power to create wealth. We used to buy for an infomercial. Here's the link. You say, where the heck did you go, Mega Man? I'm going to bring it back in. Here's the link. Creating Wealth. That was the name of a program we used to buy for. Brad Richdale and Fran Tarkington had a program called Creating Wealth. It was an information on how to start your own home-based business. <laughs> There's a lot of them back then. There was Don LaPree. There was, uh, you could start a business and make money, you know, setting up your own 900 numbers or placing small classified ads. That was always an interesting infomercial to watch. Made me want to order. Because I had an entrepreneurial spirit, and I was thinking, you know, what could I do to make my million? And um, there was uh, 
Carlton Sheets, he had a real estate program back then, and there was uh, that was the era of Tony Robbins and George Foreman Grill, all that stuff. You remember those infomercials, like I do, and there were others. Uh, how to make money, uh, but none of the systems really told you what you could make money with. They would offer coaching sessions, and they would tell you about the general principles on how to run a business, but uh, that was really a good name for that one infomercial the guy had called Creating Wealth, but really, it's God who gives man the power to create wealth. It's God that can give you favor and can cause what you're involved in to prosper. Don't leave God out of it. Here it says in 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under Joseph's hand. He had to worry about it. Joseph had it under control. Had that prison optimized. Why? Because Yahovah was with Joseph in that, which he did. Yahovah made it to prosper. And let us not forget that. That's a principle that we can apply today. Put God first. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Amen? Praise God. This was a dark time for Joseph. But at the same time, he made the best. Best of it. Whether he was a a servant or he was a prisoner. He went in there. He rolled up his sleeves. He didn't get into a fetal position and, and die. He... Uh, shined chapter 40 came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord the king of Egypt Pharaoh was wroth he was angry against two of his officers against the chef excuse me against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers and he put them in a ward in the house of the captain of the guard confined them in prison in the place where Joseph was bound. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them. And they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night. Each man according to the interpretation of his dream. The butler and the baker of the king of Egypt which were bound in the prison and Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold they were sad and he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his lord's house saying wherefore look ye talking to them both so sadly today and they said unto him we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it and Joseph said unto them do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. 
And the Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine hand and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou was his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness I pray thee unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. When the chief baker saw the interpretation was good he said unto Joseph I also was in my dream and behold I had three white baskets on my head and in the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head and Joseph answered and said this is the interpretation thereof the three baskets are three days Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee and shall hang it on a tree and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. It came to pass the third day which was Pharaoh's birthday that he made a feast unto all his servants and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. Means he called them before him and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them wow I take it what happened is when they put him in that hangman's noose his head popped off from his body that could happen uh, depending on how far it drop and probably how heavy you are and sometimes you just pop your neck right off wow killed him but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted them yet did not the chief butler the guy who survived Remember Joseph, but forgot him. Poor old Joseph, he's still sitting over there in that dungeon. But God is with him. At the right time, God's going to lift him up out of there. I was in a very dark place one time. I had to go before a federal judge the next day. Um, for disobeying an order regarding uh, my young son at the time, Heston. In order to protect him, I had taken him, fled with him. And uh, the ex, soon to be ex, uh, hired high-powered attorneys, took me to the federal court, tried to move the divorce custody case to Mexico. I would have lost my son for sure. God was with me though, but I got to a point where I was supposed to trust God and I didn't and I knee-jerked and took matters in my own hand and they grabbed me 
And there I was in a dark cell 20 years ago. Next morning I would see this judge. And I'm not going to go through all this. I've done it many times before. But I prayed. I had a King James Bible. Praise God for the King James Bible. It'll talk to you. It's God's word. And I said, dear God, are you going to leave me in here like Joseph? That was the question. I then opened the Bible and it fell open to Job 22:25. I will go before thee and be thy defense and ye shall have plenty of silver. The very next day, I went before that judge. He dropped the charge. Released me. I was a free man. No record. He gave me some instructions, though, and, and gave me a stark warning. <laughs> and I learned my lesson. Don't disobey a judge. And uh, God went before me. He was my defense. I had to go directly to Alaska. About a day later, I arrived. Been weeks since I'd been able to check my email. Got online, had a email. This was 2003. From Benjamin Brook, none other. A friend of mine I'd made only a year before. And there was just a verse that said, Job 22, 25. I'll go before thee and be thy defense, and you shall have plenty of silver. Well, God was my defense that day in court. I was a free man. Free to fight for my son, and I ended up losing the, the court case. His mother got him and took him immediately back to Tijuana, Mexico. It'd be a long time before I get to see him again. And uh, in the meantime, uh, within less than a year, the silver came in. God gave me a business that made millions of dollars. That's why that is my logo up there on my um, logo, the Omega Man. You'll see that scripture verse. It means something to me. Job twenty-two twenty-five. I've had God tell me at other times, I will go before the, you know, and uh, uh, sh- shall I go after the enemy? Like David inquired of the Lord, yes, yea, pursue after them, and I will deliver them into thine hands. God has spoken to me many times like that. And I treasure when I hear from the Lord. It's not often that God will give me a verse directly like that, but he has at various times. He gave me one again, um, when it came to uh, naming our children and then one day about two years ago I was praying and saying Lord what am I doing overseas am I in your will and I prayed and opened the Bible and it fell open to Isaiah 46 11 46 11 calling a ravenous bird from the east the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. And I stopped and said, Whoa. You have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Yes, God has me for a reason over here. The whole reason yet to be revealed uh, in a far country to execute his counsel. I'm executing his counsel tonight, being on this program, doing speak my word. Uh, I am here I decree of the Lord, he said, speak my word and call me from the backside of the desert. Um, 13 years ago, 
said, Lord, use me. I've wasted over 40 years of my life. I know there's a greater purpose that you have in mind, and I'm thankful for the blessings you've given me because, as I mentioned, he had uh, fulfilled his word. Over in Job 22:25, gave me a, a business, just dropped into my lap. And, uh, and then the spigot got turned off one day. And the collapse came to America. A million people lost their homes. And then one day my business also dried up. A weight loss product. People were not interested in buying weight loss products anymore. They're just trying to make their mortgage, keep their house. Before they lose that. And uh, put everything in storage. In 2009, Obama was in power. Closed my gun store, the herbal store, closed that. And struck off for Costa Rica with a laptop and an Iridium sat phone. And uh, future unknown. And I got over there and I was there about six months. And uh, listening to Wynn Worley. Realizing the missing ingredient in the church of God that I grew up in and most churches in my own life was deliverance ministry. One-fourth of Jesus Christ's ministry. I know we've said sometimes one-third, and, but if you look at it like this way, Jesus Christ came to preach the gospel. He would preach and teach, right? That's one. He cast out devils. That's two. He healed the sick. That's three. He cures and four, he did miracles. Turning the water into wine. Blessing the the food that fed 5,000. So he preached, he delivered, he healed, and he did miracles. So really, deliverance is one quarter of Jesus Christ's ministry. And I realized that was what was missing. And I said one day to the Lord, Lord, We've all gotten limited time down here. I want to make my life count. Turn me into a weapon against the enemy and detonate me like a nuclear bomb at ground zero of the enemy's camp. I want to make the enemy weep before I go out of here. Use me for something great. To do damage to the enemy because he's killed my father, killed family members, destroyed generations of people through generational curses almost took me out in a body bag. It's payback time. And uh, it wasn't long before the Lord. Right after praying that, my life got turned upside down. All hell broke loose. The enemy pulled out all stops to try to stop me right there because it's cheaper for the enemy to stop you in the beginning than it will be if he loses you and you go on to work for the Lord and then it's going to be all she wrote for him. He will pull out all stops to try to stop you and I from fulfilling God's call in our life. And God had been calling, and he had said, Speak my word. Then my grandmother called, began to cry, and said, Son, I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit is grieved. And uh, you're not where you need to be over there, basically. Then they had the Haitian earthquake 
some of our friends got killed who were missionaries in Haiti. A rock rolled over on them. Millions displaced. We begin to feel earthquake tremors in Costa Rica. Mount Renault, oh, not Mount Renault, was it um, the, the Renault volcano, Arenal volcano rather, not Renault, excuse me, Arenal volcano lit up. They began to shoot off steam. There was daily reports coming over the news, helicopters flying around it. Is it getting ready to blow? And I was on the phone with a couple friends and street preacher Benny, which was a longtime friend of Richard Keltner, and I had known him in the last part of his life. We were just talking, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit dropped in a word. To me, he says, I told you to pack your bags and get out. And it was a stern rebuke. I knew I needed to go back home. I didn't know Mega Man Ready was about ready to be birthed, but the Lord did. He'd been patient with me. And um, I was planning to go back, but I was delaying. I had a package coming in. And I wanted to wait for that, but I was getting ready to get the Lord angry. If the Lord tells you to do something, it's time to do it. Don't put it off. So I repented. I packed my bags, and I left. And I'd been told to do that one time before. Of course, I didn't tarry like I did this time. And uh, once again, I felt good obeying the Lord, getting on that plane. And within three months' time, Omega Man Ready was birthed, and we've never looked back, really. We're here 13 years later, still doing it, serving at the pleasure of the Lord. Small podcast in a sea of 200,000 podcasts now. But as long as uh, we do what God has called you and I to do, we will not be ashamed. It's required of a servant to be faithful. Whatever he puts our hand to do small or great and uh, sometimes we wonder if we're making any impact here but again I have to remind myself Jesus was he left the 99 to go after the one it may be that a program is for you tuning in tonight and this program is specifically for you and we're here and um, the message was delivered it could be that way anytime we do a program so God doesn't look at the numbers. He's concerned with the one, lost sheep. Said all that to say this. Um, praise the Lord. We are here. And um, Joseph did not know the whole reason he was there. But he knew that God was with him same time he knew he was not guilty of any sin he wanted to get out though he'd been in that prison for about two years and I guess that's where my link in was uh, I prayed and I said God are you going to leave me here like Joseph and God spoke I will go before thee and be thy defense and you shall have plenty of silver the very next day I was free and the silver came let me tell you it came raining down from heaven for about four years praise God and then it was all stripped away Uh, God had to get my attention I probably would not have ever stopped I would have just kept on going running the machine that we had 
and um, God got me on track and put me to the task of doing podcast. And here we are, 13 years later. And now, 2023, my prayer is, God, would you let me get back into the herbal business again? And so that is my prayer, that God will once again give me favor, and uh, he'll renew that. Uh, Job 22:25 that there'll be plenty of silver, because the Lord knows I need it. Okay, um, if we're going to do what we need to do. There's a brother I would like to put on TV right now, Dr. Jonathan Hanson. I've had the resources. I'd stroke the check, and we'd get him on uh, Word Network or TCT with the help of my brother Damon. But it takes money to do those things. Uh, right now, Miracle Valley, um, the compound of A.A. A. Allen, sits out there in Cochise County in the desert, 39 acres left. A shell of its former self, a tabernacle that the enemy almost destroyed. But praise God, uh, the county is not going to destroy the church or the remaining buildings of what A. Allen built. And it's going up for auction reportedly this summer. Well, we're in August. That's got to be the next few weeks. And I prayed and said, God, do I have a part in that? He hasn't responded. So maybe not. But if I had the money, I'd buy it. They're going to put it up for auction. One time, it's they're set 2,000 acres that they had. And sadly, after A. Allen's death, some unscrupulous business dealings were done by individuals, and most of it was sold off. But they didn't sell off the heart of it, 39 acres. It sits here at Miracle Valley, Arizona, a city named by A. Allen, Miracle Valley, back in the late 50s. And uh, at one time, it was the cap meeting capital of the world. And there's a prophecy given that in the last days, God would bring in a people, and it would be restored to its former glory. And um, maybe now is that time. Somebody's going to do it over there. If I had the money, I'd do it myself. Probably take 500000 just to uh, get the winning bid. Who knows what it's going to end up selling for, but then you'll need a couple million to restore it. But I was thinking, man, somebody restored that over there and they were to open it up, boy, we could have deliverance conferences down there. You could begin to broadcast worldwide uh, messages of deliverance. There's an anointing still on that property. With cash, you can do a lot of things. At any rate, um, I know the Lord is with us on these programs and I'm thankful for what we do have, this opportunity to broadcast. And uh, God is good. Chapter 41, it came to pass, at the end of two full years, that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kind, cows, fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, skinny cows. I've seen some skinny cows before, let me tell you. In Costa Rica, you get a lot of skinny cows because a lot of the area that might be for farming is on mountains, mountainous. And, you know, cattle don't thrive up on mountains typically. 
they don't have a lot of good grazing ground and so they're kind of skinny cows over there so um, you don't hear anybody talking about having a good Costa Rican steak because their beef is not that good of course the steak that is favored and that you can get you got to go to a good restaurant is down there the Argentinian beef always known to be great food and there used to be a place called the um, Parilla that the Geigers took me out to and um, some friends I'd made from America met them in Costa Rica and they took me out to the uh, Argentina Parilla Argentine skillet I guess that's what it's called and they made a great steak get like a salad a baked potato or french fries and they would have this uh, chimichurri sauce this green type of relish that you put over the steak oh it's really good mixed with like olive oil it's really good stuff speaking of steaks but I can almost picture these skinny cows and there's some fat cows too what does this mean he sees seven and he sees another seven and the ill-favored and lean-fleshed cattle did eat up the seven well-favored and fat uh, cows so Pharaoh woke what a dream to have I took a nap this afternoon I had an interesting dream don't remember all of it though but somebody on this program was in that dream it was a good dream though and he slept and dreamed a second time and behold seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk rank and good behold seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them excuse me the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears and Pharaoh awoke behold it was a dream And it came to pass in the morning that Pharaoh's spirit was troubled. He didn't know what to make of these dreams. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. And I don't think you can learn to interpret dreams. How can you learn that it's a gift? By the inspiration of God. You might interpret a pizza dream, but real, genuine dreams from God? Yeah. You need someone who's got the gift of dream interpretation. I don't buy that you can learn to to interpret dreams. You know, there may be a few things you might get right, but I mean, I would much rather consult with somebody who's got a gift from God, right? They're going to be accurate. And I don't have that gift. That's one gift I don't have. Uh, A lot of gifts I do not have. But we can say, Lord, give me that gift. Amen? A lot of things we can have. If we're interested, God says, uh, ask of me and I will show you things that you know not. If you lack wisdom, ask me. God, God will give it. So Father God, a lot of things we don't know. We're asking that you would show them to us. And I know I need wisdom for one. Give me more wisdom. We ask God for dreams and visions. Even witty inventions. 
and we ask you God for gifts of the Holy Spirit that you give severally as you will we know that you want to give us good things we ask tonight for those of us who have that desire I know I do pour out your gifts your dreams, your visions, your witty inventions uh, even to be able to um, have dreams and visions it would be cool Jesus name so there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh saying I do remember my faults these days this day Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in ward in the captain of the guard south both me and the chief baker and we dreamed a dream one one night and I and he we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream and there was with us a young man a Hebrew a servant to the captain of the guard and we told him and he interpreted to us our dreams to each man according to his dream he did interpret and it came to pass as he interpreted to us so it was me he restored unto mine office and him he hanged I'd almost forgotten Pharaoh there's a guy who can interpret for you in other words then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon I remember when I was sitting in a dungeon and the Lord set me free after 23 days I learned a big lesson don't disobey a federal judge and uh, hastily they threw my clothes at me hastily it's like come on come with us trying to put my clothes on and the warden said um, you had a thousand when I picked you up he wrote me a check I heard a door buzz bzz, then let me out the back my grandfather and my brother Damon are waiting for me in a car with instructions by the judge to take me directly to the airport do not pass go you're to fly directly to Alaska and he told me you can't go back to Mexico for one year by the way <laughs> and um, my brother was waiting there for me with a cold uh, Burger King Whopper with cheese and a Coke a pair of A6 tennis shoes to replace the ones I had on which I had to throw in the garbage they smelled so bad and a Swatch watch hastily they threw my clothes at me hastily they brought Joseph out of the dungeon and he shaved himself I guess he had a beard and a mustache he looked scraggly and I think I shouted and woke up Jemima downstairs and changed his raiment they put on some clothes and he came in unto Pharaoh Pharaoh said unto Joseph I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it and I have heard say of thee that thou can understand a dream to interpret it and Joseph answered Pharaoh saying it is not in me God should give Pharaoh an answer of peace again interpretation uh, it's a gift it comes from God God will give an interpretation reminds me also the gift of the Holy Spirit when there's a message delivered in tongues in the setting of a 
church. There should be an interpretation. Or you're not supposed to be speaking in tongues out in the service. If God wants to get a message out, he'll do it, but he'll give you interpretation to go with it. If not, you'd hold your peace. That interpretation is a gift of the Holy Spirit too. Interpretation of tongues. And I've heard it. I've heard a message in tongues given. And I've heard also interpretation of tongues. Absolutely I have. There's an order in service for the use of uh, the gifts. Even prophecy. Okay. Stand by a second. Had an urgent message come through. Did check real quick. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Taken care of. So he's saying, God has the interpretation for you. He's going to give you peace, an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven cattle, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other cattle came up after them, poor and very ill-favored and lean-fleshed. They were skinny, in other words. Such as I've never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored cattle did eat up the first seven fat cattle. When they had eaten them up, it could not be known what they had eaten. It could not be known that they had eaten them up. But they were still ill-favored as at the beginning. So they didn't get fatter. They were still skinny. So I woke, and I saw my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk of corn, full and good, and behold, seven ears withered, thin and blasted with east wind sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cattle are seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and ill-favored cattle that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty years blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. A time of great hunger because of crop failure and bad weather conditions. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall rise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. 
It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. That's interesting. What would have happened if he had just had the one dream? Could have been something that uh, could have been changed. Of course, we do know let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And I've heard people like Michael Bolday have had dreams have a dream, they close their eyes, and the same dream repeated. It would happen again throughout the day. So this is going to happen. Just like what Michael Bolde and Dimitri Dudman saw is going to happen. Just a matter of time now. God will shortly bring it to pass, Joseph said. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man, discreet and wise, Set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteth plenteous years. So in other words, take a twenty percent tax and just bring it in, put it in your your grain bins. Let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. That food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land perish not throughout the famine. Uh, Why do you hear people, including myself at times, uh, talk about putting back food? Because we know trouble's coming and you do it so you can survive and you don't perish with others who ignore the warning and they pass on some of them into superdomes waiting for a FEMA handout and going there and get raped up in there find out the toilets are overflowed and they relied on the government and the government was not ready to help them and they got hurt bad my friend Stan Johnson Joseph's Kitchen been warning now for a while trouble's coming a mega man warned here and even three and four years ago talking about rice some of you were tuning in and then tuned me off why is he warning about buying rice because rice went up double and triple recently people running to get it shortages coming of wheat rice cooking oil New World Order is trying to take your protein away why because they want to kill you you need protein God said after the fall of Adam and Eve eat meat we're supposed to eat meat because we're in fallen states now you need that protein keep the brain going stay alive Mankind fell from grace. Bam. Sin entered in. And now we need meat. Not just uh, veggies. Lady recently died. A major proponent. Social media influencer, they said. Always eating healthy. She thought until she died of malnourishment. Looked like Karen Carpenter. Looked just like an 
of bone, just bones. We're to eat meat. Klaus Schwab wants to take away your meat. Why? Because he wants to kill you and I. They don't want you and I to, to grow. Child development is tied to protein, nutrition. Take away, it can stunt their growth. It can stunt your mental capabilities. New World Order wants to dumb you and I down. They want to take all high-quality protein away. They want to take food away. Grain silos exploding in parts of the country. Trains derailing. Freak fires wiping out hundreds of thousands of chickens. And on and on it goes. Is this by accident? I don't think so. I think it's planned, contrived chaos to capture the food. Capture the food. You can capture the people. Get them to do what you want to do. Them to do. Take a mark. Get their eye scanned for world coin. But God has a plan, and He's going to use Joseph as part of that plan. Not only to save many lives in Egypt, but to save his own tribes, which are also going to be affected by the dearth in the land, the famine. So right here, God is giving wisdom through Joseph, his servant, to Pharaoh. This is so you do not perish through the famine. Verse 37, And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. He agreed. In the eyes of all his servants, they all concurred. Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this, this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Joseph was just elevated up out of prison, out of slavery, to the number two position in all of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck I bet it was beautiful, like those gold chains that you can get in India. The thickest chains in the world. They're like 24 karat gold over there. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made Joseph ruler over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Paniah. Now this is an accurate record of history. And modern day Egypt and its archaeology, they, they want to try to suppress the truth, create their own narrative. But this is the name we need to be looking for over there. It's somewhere written and inscribed on a stone. Zaphnath Paniah. And he gave him to wife 
Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, Potipher- priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. His father-in-law was an Egyptian priest. And Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up in the food, laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much, until he left numbering, for it was without number. They had plenty. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, which Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said, He hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. The seven years of dearth, the famine, began to come. According as Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all lands. But in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he says to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. I bet there's some historical time record out there. You you will find this if you go back far enough. We know we know what happened, but we can put a date on it. I'm sure if we were to begin to search some records out there. And the famine was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came in Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all lands. I'm going to stop right there. We read up 38 to 41. We didn't do bad today. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Your word is sure. It's true. It's a sword. Bless everyone that came out today. Bless our weekend, God. Have your way. Thank you. Guide and direct all of our steps. Help us be prepared to endure what is coming. And make it to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoy Speak My Word, write and let me know. You can reach me over at OmegaManRadio.com if you want to support the ministry some ways to do it there. I want to thank those that have. You've kept us in good stead that we could continue. God richly bless you for that. And now, as I promised, something I have not done in many years in all likelihood, I'm going to play what used to be our uh, song we play every week, but I forgot about it. (laughs) Uh, It's called 
our national um, anthem here on Omega Man Radio for Fridays. It's called the Friday Song. Hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy your Friday. Here we go. Wait for it. Here it comes. Wait for this commercial. Here we go. <laughs> 